Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, joined by Vaughn Dalzell. Thanks everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Vaughn, surprised to see you, mate. Thought you would uh, be yacht shopping uh, for your new island after you hit on 70 to 1, no touchdown scorer. That was the only positive ray of light in that game, Vaughn. The fact that you won that bet. Everything else was just completely dead. Uh, What did you make of that magnificent spectacle? Electric. I mean, it was the best game of the year. I don't know why everyone's hating on this game, but uh, no, when you bet the under and it's a snoozer on Thursday night football, you just got to sprinkle some other stuff in there. So by no means did I actually, in confidence, think there'd be no touchdown score. But when Russell Wilson was fourth and one in OT, I thought this sounds like a Vaughn loss uh, and a bad beat. So um, with my, my money, I got chicken wings last night. And I bought my grandmother. Well, I'm going to buy my grandmother some Earth, Wind, and Fire tickets for her birthday. Uh, so, uh, yeah, very great game. Very great game. Outstanding. Yeah, I think the best summation of that game is that my my best prop bet last night was Matt Ryan over one and a half rushing yards. And so fiddling, fittingly for that game, he finished on one exactly. And I'm convinced he got two, but it was a bad spot in OT when he took off. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, that, that's Thursday Night Football for you. I mean, uh, are you changing your assessments going forward of either of those teams? Are you throwing it out? Uh, they're they're or, both or still terrible. <laughs> they're both still terrible. I mean, offensively, uh, both these teams have so many issues. You know, I'll, I'll give the Colts a pass for not having Jonathan Taylor, uh, but the Broncos have no more excuses. Uh, you know, everybody has an issue, offensive line, the, the penalties, the head coach, Russell Wilson, the drop passes. I'm surprised Melvin Gordon didn't fumble on his helicopter hit last night. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, do not like the Broncos. I'm still a fan of the Colts, but uh, fade Denver. How about you, Jay? Yeah, I think the Broncos, I mean, now they're out to plus 900 to win the AFC West. Uh, they would be now a clear favorite to miss the playoffs. I mean, the Colts, the Colts defense, I think, is one thing to take out of the game, that they did look very solid. And Stefan Gilmore was looking a little 2019-ish when he won Defensive Player of the Year, obviously has the huge pick and then wins the game with the breakup in the end zone because Russell Wilson doesn't throw to a wide-open KJ Hamler. Uh, I think the Colts, like their season is is alive by virtue of being in the AFC South. But Very as well. someone who's holding a plus 750 Jags AFC South ticket, it's annoying that the Colts won last night, but at the same time, not exactly petrified um, based off of what I saw from Matt Ryan. So I think you upgrade the Colts defense slightly. Uh, you continue to downgrade their offense as you kind of have to do every week. And then yeah. we'll see what Jonathan Taylor coming back does. And Alec Pierce at least looked good and gave them and another dimension in the passing game but 
yeah, I, I don't think I don't think uh, either of those teams are going to be making too much noise this season. All right, before we bring in our special guest, Brad Spielberger from PFF, just wanted to tell you that for all you college football fans that want some last minute betting insight, tune into our NBC Sports YouTube channel Saturday at eleven AM Eastern as Vaughn, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton answer your questions prior to a full slate of week five games. All right, let's welcome in PFF's Brad Spielberger. Brad, how are you doing? You're still among the living after uh, last night's game. What did you make of it? Yeah, no, at halftime, I thought about calling and saying, I'm sorry for the late notice, but I'm just going to have to cancel my spot. You know, I just, I'm just going to retire. No, I mean, I think it got to a point where it was so bad, it was funny and almost enjoyable. So uh, (laughs) that's how the night ended for me. Yeah, it was kind of a, a caricature of a bad football game, uh, really hitting all the greatest hits. Um, Russell Wilson, you know who Russell Wilson reminded me most of last night? Oh, Russell God. Westbrook on the Lakers, uh, <laughs> because that's the kind of vibe that I was getting from Russ, who's just out there looking like a broken umbrella of a man. Uh, but let's jump into some hopefully better games, Brad, and let's start off with... The Chargers, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Cleveland Browns. The total is 47-and-a-half. And mainly interested, Brad, in your take on this Chargers team and the state of them right now without Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa. Do you think this is still a team that can make some noise? I do think it's still a team that can make some noise, and I think they should be very encouraged by sixth-round rookie Jamari Salyer from Georgia, uh, who had our highest graded, uh, highest grade of any tackle last week, allowed zero quarterback pressures, uh, had a 90.4 pass block grade. Obviously, he's not Rashawn Slater, but that was huge because their tackle depth uh, is a real problem. But that being said, the, the Browns, without uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney last week, Still held Marcus Mariota to 7 of 19 with an interception. So I think it's a big step up in class for him going up against a lot of Miles Garrett this week. And uh, also interested the fact that PFF has Cleveland as the number one offense right now tied with Kansas City. I mean, what are you, really? what are you seeing out of Jacoby Brissett? Brissett's been good. He's a top 10 quarterback for us right now, both as a runner, occasionally a great uh, QB sneaker on fourth downs that you learned that from Tom Brady, um, but also throwing the ball very well. Um, a very good intermediate passer. Uh, and then also just their offensive line is an absolute wrecking crew, is creating so much room up front. They're third right now in yards before contact per rushing attempt around two and a half. So Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are obviously great players in their own right, but also have so much room to operate. And, and Chubb is our highest graded running back for a reason. Yeah, Nick Chubb looks excellent this season. I do want to ask you, though, because I am a man of numbers and trends, and I feel like these these lines can tell stories in these games. Now, as a home underdog of plus two and a half, it's not a successful batting, betting strategy. Uh, three and 18 on the money line since 2020, down 14 units, seven and 14 ATS. The four teams this year that laid the plus two and a halves were the Patriots versus the Ravens, the Saints versus the Bucks, Cowboys versus the Bucks, and Rams versus the Bills. Um, so does that scare you at all? Do you, how much do you follow some of these trends? No, 100%. And I actually did jump on when it was still at three. And now if I was going to play Cleveland, I would probably just go money line. Um, you know, I, we see this trend every year, but I know right now, like spreads are really not mattering for underdogs so far this season. It's really just if you like them, just bet their money line. Maybe not someone like the Steelers this week, they're plus 14. But if it's a close spread, you've actually been more profitable just betting the money line. That's a great stat, though. I mean, I'm not a huge trend better, but I think it's important to keep a tab on all those things. And obviously none of those teams – or even particularly close to covering in those games. 
No. And Cleveland, I think, is a very interesting team going forward because I've been looking at them 30 to 1, 35 to 1 to win the AFC with the thought that just Deshaun Watson just gives them so much upside in late in the season to go with, you know, all the talent that they have on the offensive line and like the, a defense that should be better than it's been performing. But uh, they just, I think they probably just ruined themselves with these two losses to the Jets and the Falcons where now they're, they're underdogs to make the playoffs. But before we jump into Cowboys Rams, Brad, do you think that Cleveland, they have enough upside uh, that they could really make some noise in the AFC when Deshaun Watson comes back? Yeah, I really do. I mean, they should be 4-0 right now, like you mentioned. Those are both some back-breaking losses. Um, you know, I think the thing there, too, is, like you said, you bring back Deshaun Watson for the home stretch. They have a pretty easy schedule going forward. It, it really should not be a challenge. But, yeah, this this loaded AFC where every team is talented. I mean, maybe not the two we watched last night. But it, it, it's you can't lose some of these easy layup games. No, absolutely not. Uh, and so... Another game I want to jump into, Cowboys at the suddenly very shaky Los Angeles Rams, who are still five and a half point favorites. No respect for the immortal Cooper Rush. <laughs> the total is a very low 43, uh, which is perhaps not as surprising when you think of what the Rams offense served up against the Niners on Monday night. But Brad, what are you looking for in this game? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest similarity between the 49ers and the Cowboys is that without blitzing, they're currently first and second for us in generating quarterback pressure without sending extra bodies. And Matthew Stafford before Monday night, I haven't checked, but was our highest graded quarterback against the blitz and our highest graded quarterback when pressured. But if you don't have to send extra guys and can still generate pressure without sending an extra guy in a blitz, then you can make Matthew Stafford look like he did in that 49ers game. So the Rams lost yet another offensive lineman in Coleman Shelton, who had the highest pass block rate on that Rams offensive line before the game. Um, I think Micah Parsons is going to be an absolute wrecking crew by himself. They have other good players, obviously, and Demarcus Lawrence and others. I like Dallas plus five and a half. I, I know it seems like a bit of a public spot right now, but I, I just think it's too many points because of how much they can win up front. Yeah, I agree. I don't understand why this is five and a half. I would make this closer to four and a half fair. And I think that the Rams, this offense, uh, which has just been just been bad uh, and they don't have any verticality, the way I've compared it is it's like right now, it's like an NBA offense with no three-point shooters where it's just a really cramped floor and Cooper Cup is like Jimmy Butler driving into traffic over and over again. And there's just too many arms at the rim because they don't have anything deep. They didn't have a single 20-yard pass play uh, against the Niners. And we saw what Nick Bosa did to that uh, offensive line. Well, Micah Parsons is uh, effectively... Parsons is the slight favorite and defensive player of the year right now in front of Bosa. But those guys are as good as anyone right now. Uh, at getting to uh, the quarterback. So good luck, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Vaughn, what are you looking for in this game? Well, of course, you guys are ahead on a lot of the factors. The Rams offensive line is not looking very good. Cowboys defense, feroci ferocious, legit once again, uh, still forcing turnovers. I'm really looking for an opportunity to fade Cooper Rush. I mean, last week when he went from an underdog to a favorite, that's a pretty ideal time to fade a quarterback like him. But, of course, Carson Wentz is on the opposite side of the sideline. So that just doesn't work out betting that type of strategy. But in this year in particular, I, I feel more comfortable backing the under. Um, I don't feel like Cooper Rush could have much success against the Rams defense. And why Matthew Stafford, I feel like he's going to look much better in this game. But at the same time, I still don't believe in what they're going to be able to do against the Cowboys defense, especially with Diggs out there. So I like the under personally. Brad, how do you feel about the total? 
I think that's fair. I think also a factor, too, especially for their defense. I mean, Dallas has their training camp in Oxnard, California. This is a home game for Dallas. There are going to be, I would bet, 75% Cowboys fans in, in SoFi Stadium. So I like the under there as well. I think it's a good call. Now, I want to talk about Cooper Rush for a little bit because that is the one concern if you are taking the Cowboys plus five and a half. The fact that Cooper Rush has been in very positive game script situations, like he hasn't had to throw more than 31 times in any of his starts this year. What does PFF think of uh, Cooper Rush, Brad? Yeah, and so with him, he's actually our highest graded pass around play action. So a lot of the easy stuff, but then outside of that, he's like not even in the top fifteen, top twenty. So he's been he's been serviceable. Credit to him for going three and zero and now being four and zero as a starter. But without, like you said, he's never been in a bad game script really at all so far. If they go down early, then does it get a little dicey, a little bit shaky there? And then yeah, the play action stuff, the screens. Ezekiel Elliott had a big screen, you know, catch last week. It's like he's kind of hitting all the easy buttons. When things get hard, can he still deliver? I don't know. Yeah, be a good test this week against the Rams defense, which is lagging a little bit, but still has plenty of talent and would expect a much better game out of Jalen Ramsey. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, 
Call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Okay, let's talk about the Sunday night football game to close out. Bengals at Ravens. I'm a little surprised that this line is Ravens minus three and a half, given that home field these days is worth more like one and a half to two points instead of the typical field goal that it used to be. So the market is saying that the Ravens are kind of materially better than the Bengals, which I'm not entirely sure that I agree with. But Brad, uh, I think the most interesting aspect of this game is just uh, can the Ravens can the Ravens secondary hold up against Jamar Chase and T Higgins in ways that they absolutely aggressively did not last season? What are you seeing from the Ravens secondary? Yeah, they got carved up by Joe Burrow last year and were probably a little bit less healthy. So maybe they're you know looking a little bit better now. We have Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey close to 100% at this point, but they obviously haven't been great this year either. Granted, they've been they've trailed for 14 seconds total in their two losses, but you know I, I think if they also play a lot of cover zero, cover one, if they send extra blitzers, that's again something that Joe Burrow is very very good against. Miami still did it on Thursday, even though we know this, and he kind of carved them up with a couple of those big deep passes to T Higgins. So yeah, I mean I think it, it is going to be problematic. It's going to be an interesting matchup i think both teams are going to score um but yeah cincinnati it's gonna be hard to stop them with the way baltimore is playing on defense right now definitely vaughn do you have any angle on the total which is 48 flat right now i would definitely lean the over on the total but last night i did lock in for two units ravens minus three so i'm happy Uh when i woke up and saw it at three and a half i would still buy back on the hook but i'm not gonna lie this is a massive double major revenge spot for the baltimore ravens they were smacked last year twice 41-17, 41-21 the day after Christmas. Talk about Happy New Year's. Uh, I bet the Bengals the past two games felt very confident in both spots, but this spot, not as much. I mean, John Harbaugh on primetime at home is 18-2 on the money line. Are you kidding me? 12-8 ATS. The last 11, he's 10-1 on the money line, 8-3 ATS. Both losses came at home, as Brad said, uh, too, with 14 seconds in all but the games they led. So you look at the remaining home games, Bengals, Browns, Panthers, Broncos, Falcons, Steelers. Ravens are wrecking that schedule. They're winning every home game, in my opinion. So, yeah, I love the Ravens here tonight. I lean the over, and I did sprinkle Ravens to score 40-plus points at 14-1. to 1. So there's your uh, your guys' long shot for the show. Wow, look at you, 40-1. to 1. Just uh, living in long shot, Phil, after 14 hitting to 70-1. 14-1. 14-1. To 1. Yeah, not that attractive. 40-plus. There you go. No, I like that. Um, yeah, I think with the Baltimore secondary, like one thing to remember is that Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, they're coming off serious injuries. Kyle Hamilton is a rookie. Marcus Williams uh, is his first year in Baltimore. So there is a lot of talent in that secondary, but they haven't had time to really gel and get that continuity yet. And they are right now Baltimore 16th in coverage grade by PFF, which is probably that's fine given the talent that they have on offense, but they should also get better as the season goes on. Brad, I want to ask you about Zach Taylor, um, who... Uh, I I don't really understand uh, why he is insistent on running Joe Mixon 20 times a game up the middle for two and a half yards a pop, uh, which seems like uh, his obsession. Uh, What are you seeing out of the Cincinnati run game? 
Yeah, the, the game against Miami was just every single time, two yards of carry, no push up front. Uh, it was just infuriating. I had the Bengals over 26 and a half team total. They did hit it uh, in a miracle fashion at the end of the game. But but I was sitting there like I, I it should have hit the first half. <laughs> um, it, that's been his M.O. since he's been there. He did it all through the playoffs last year, even in the Super Bowl. They just kept trying to, quote unquote, establish the run. It just was not working. Um, yeah, it, it's it's infuriating to watch. I understand you can't just you know always be throwing deep balls to Jamar Chase and, and T Higgins, but I think if you're going to run, they sit so much in shotgun. They try to run out of gun, which is less efficient, and, and they need to. They want to do that. Get more under center. Do more of that play action. More of that get that wide zone that he's known for. I mean, look, that, that's why Kyle Shanahan and those guys get under center a lot and do some of those different concepts. He just has not been creative and hasn't really just made things look different and and, and confused defense. It's been it's been very vanilla. I like that. I do want to ask you before I let you go, because I know you're a busy man. You got people to see, places to be. But what is your favorite bet, though, of the weekend, if you could leave us with one? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, Dallas is up there for me for sure. Um, I also one more that, you know, I, I again think is kind of public and, and maybe not a great um, you know, not viewed greatly, but I, I think Green Bay is in a get-right spot. I, I think they're traveling over to London with an established veteran head coach versus Brian Dable, who I do respect and has been good so far, but his fifth co uh, fifth game of his career as a head coach, Daniel Jones is going to play, but not 100%. Um, you know, Green Bay goes to overtime against Bailey Zappi last week, does not cover. The Giants are now 3-1 and one and did cover. Um, you know, there's a trend there, of course, if you bet the team that did not cover versus the team that did. That's um, been profitable so far this year. So, yeah, I, I just think they're going to cover 8-9 to nine range. I think they're going to win by double digits. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I don't understand that line either. It's kind of trending down towards 7.5, which is, I think, ridiculous. And for all the... I guess, angst around the Green Bay passing offense and no Devontae Adams and Christian Watson is dropping 75-yard walk-in touchdowns against the Vikings and all of that. At the same time, this has been an efficient offense. They're fifth in offensive rating on PFF. They've been very efficient running the ball. And you have to think that Romeo Dobbs and Co. are just going to get better as the season goes on. So, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about the Packers' offense. They've still got the guy with uh, the ridiculous haircut, Mr. Aaron Rodgers, at the moment, looking like Jake Gyllenhaal in Prisoners out there. Uh, <laughs> but I think that they will be fine, and they'll get right, and they'll cover that spread. All right, Brad, we loved having you. Tell us where we can find more of your content. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh, you can, of course, uh, find all my content on pff.com, and, and my Twitter is at pff underscore Brad, and I'm on two podcasts for PFF. One is PFF Wire, which is news-based, about half an hour, but gives you everything you need to know for every betting angle, every fantasy play, and then the PFF Forecast, which is our main betting uh, uh, podcast as well. So you can find me at all those places. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Let's go Cowboys, let's go Packers, and uh, good luck with your bets this weekend. Thank you, guys. All right, for one. All right, before we get into some predictions, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football on the NASCAR circuit and in my Arsenal Gunners Premier League. We're on top. This is also There is also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Bengals and the Ravens in our Sunday Night 7 contest. All right, Vaughn, one of the questions on the Sunday Night 7 contest. First touchdown scorer in Bengals-Ravens, who you got? Give me Lamar Action Jackson. 88 and 97 rushing yards in the last two meetings versus the Bengals. I talked about this being a revenge spot. Biggest NFL bet of the weekend. Expect him to be aggressive, take matters into his own hands when he has to. He's only had two, touch two rushing touchdowns this season, 
That was the same total as last year, Jay, and he had seven in 2020. So uh, that's going to pick up. Give me Lamar Action Jackson to score first. How about you? I, I like it. I'm going to take Joe Mixon, who's probably going to be the favorite in the market, plus 500 range. And it's for the reasons that we were talking about with Brad. I think Zach Taylor is an extremely conservative coach, and he wants to punt on fourth and one and kick field goals, and he wants to run it up the middle uh, when he gets close to the end zone. So give me Joe Mixon as the first touchdown scorer against the Ravens in what should be a high-scoring game. Okay, let's jump into best football bets this weekend. And uh, I know that we've got Vaughn Dalzell on the show, not Drew Dinsick, because when I'm looking at your best bet, it's the Buffalo Bulls money line. A cat bowling green. Walk me through this one. I don't know what's so funny, Jay, but uh, this is a sharp look, my friend. Um, yeah, I uh, was writing this out and I was just laughing because I was like, no one's expecting this today. But this is my favorite uh, college football bet of the weekend. The spread actually opened up at Bowling Green minus one and a half. Uh, so it's flipped to Buffalo minus two. As we all know, Jay and Drew do a great job of telling you guys this, not to chase numbers when they flip like this. But um, I'm selling with the money line here. Now, Bowling Green never led by more than 10 points against Akron. They won that game by three. They needed 21 points in the third quarter to come back and beat Marshall in overtime. Um, Bowling Green should never have been the favorite here in the first place. All right, They're one of the worst teams in the country, especially defensively. Buffalo started out 0-3. They actually lost to an FCS program on a Hail Mary. So now the books, as Jay knows, can hold a team hostage like this over the next couple of weeks. And their lines are better for us to be betting because the books don't think they're that good. Well, Buffalo said, let me just put up 50 points on Eastern Michigan, then beat Miami, Ohio in a last-second touchdown uh, the next two weeks. Matt competition. So Buffalo is really rolling right now. And I'm talking about revenge today, Jay. That's our narrative today. Buffalo is in a revenge spot. They lost the first time in five years against Bowling Green last year as a 13-and-a-half-point home favorite, minus 619 on the money line. They lost 56-44. to Yeah, lots of revenge in this one. Buffalo's on the move. Take them on the money line. We like the Bulls of Buffalo, not the Bills of Buffalo. Wow, incredible breakdown. I love it. All right, Buffalo Bulls money line, minus 125 at the moment. I'm going for... Uh, a play that uh, I don't feel phenomenal about, but I just think it's wrong, Vaughn. The Minnesota Vikings minus seven and a half against the Chicago Bears. This line is too small. I think the Vikings are being underrated. I think that people are attaching too much weight to them getting blown out by the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, uh, where that game was a lot closer than the final scoreline, where Kirk, as he is prone to in prime time, throwing interceptions in opposition territory, Irv Smith dropped the walk-in, 50-yard touchdown, uh, and then they needed, uh, what, a kicker to uh, to make the game-saving tackle uh, in open play. So I, I think that the Vikings are um, they're closer to the elite than most people would think. They're sixth in total PFF grade, uh, and then the Bears are 32nd uh, in PFF grade. That's last. That's last in the NFL. So I think that... Uh, the Vikings are significantly better than the Bears. I would have this line closer to double digits. I would have it nine and a half. And also, when when you're looking at a line at this size, you want to avoid backdoor cover potential from the underdog. Well, the Bears don't throw the ball. They religiously <laughs> don't throw the ball. Don't think that if they're down three scores late that they're going to be scoring two touchdowns in a way that, say, you know, the Detroit Lions could because they can score in bunches. So I'm not worried about Chicago. I think that team is a disaster. And I think that the Vikings are seriously in the mix for the NFC North uh, and that they will cover this game handily at home against Chicago. What do you think, Vaughn? You with me? 
Yeah, I mean, I am definitely on the same side of being scared with you because it seems too easy, too good to be true here. Vikings way too much off- offense for the Chicago Bears, but there's uh, some great stats, and this is from PFF and Brad and company, but the Bears had the third most coverage mistakes in week four. They played the New York Giants, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Giants, with a backup quarterback at 1.2, and they still made mistakes. The Vikings are run the second most zone coverage in the NFL this season, which can only be a positive against Justin Fields. Uh, so I'm with you. I will ride it. I hate it, but there's no way I'm betting on Justin Fields at all this season. No. And uh, my second favorite line of the week would be the Packers, uh, minus eight at the moment. So you can get a little uh, NFC North heavy favorite parlay, which is fraught with peril, but uh, put my faith in Aaron Rodgers and the immortal Kirk Cousins. This is the spot for Kirk. You know, prime time, plus three against the Eagles. Don't want anything to do with that. Minus seven and a half, home to Justin Fields, though. This is where Kirk Cousins shines brightest. All right. That's so true. We are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thank you, uh, everyone watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget to subscribe and rate us from Jay Croucher and Vaughn Dalzell. Have a great weekend and good luck with your bets. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.